0: Would you turn to James please. The uh, first chapter. And then we'll be going over to Hebrews. The sixth chapter. James 1 and then Hebrews 6. In James. The first chapter. Second verse. My brethren count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this. That the trying of your faith works patience. The trying of your faith works patience. Well now if things happened immediately. Patience wouldn't be involved. Would it? And so when he says patience. Obviously he's referring to some passing of time. And I've said it like this before. I believe the Lord gave me this phrase. Time tries Trust. Time, the passing of time, tries trust. Maybe you hear something, you see something, you believe it, you get excited. But then it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. And then it doesn't happen, and then it doesn't happen. And after months and years, it looks like you're further from it than you were then. Well, that's going to try your faith. Isn't it? Another word for faith is trust. When God says something, is it always true? And how long will it be true for? Should you believe it? How long should you believe it? (laughs) Does he change? Does his word change? So what about when you change? (laughs) If you change, you had to get off of what he said. You had to quit trusting what he said. Because if you're trusting what he said, it's the same. Today as it was then, it'll be the same tomorrow. If you're really on what he said, trusting what he said, you don't change. No matter how much time passes, you don't change. Next verse. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but do what? Let patience have her perfect or complete work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Should you be interested in patience? You certainly should. A lot of Christians are not. People believe all kind of goofy stuff about patience. I've heard preachers say, oh, don't pray for patience. No, never pray for patience. Do you need patience? The scripture says in Hebrews, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you may inherit, you may receive. Do you want to receive anything from God? Do you want to wind up perfect, complete, entire, wanting nothing? That area after area, people ask you, how are you doing in that area? You need something else? You go, no, I got everything. I don't need a thing. How you doing over there? Man, we got everything we need and some. some. How you doing over there? Perfect and entire. Wanting nothing. What got you there? Well, God got you there, but the thing he used in you was your faith and, somebody say and, 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 faith and your patience. So no, patience is highly desirable. It's what's going to get you from here to where you need to be. Right? It's that abiding force that keeps you keeping on. That's right. That steadfast endurance never give up never quit force. Right. It's not enough to believe God. You got to believe God until. That's right? right? Yeah. Long as it takes. Yeah. Believe in God like a house of fire for three days and quitting. Uh, no. You get the same results as if you hadn't believed God at all. Right. Now you got to stay with it until long as it takes go to hebrews please sixth chapter hebrews 6 verse 12 he said that you be not slothful that means lazy but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises how did they get it through faith and patience now What's the opposite of having faith? And the same word patience could be translated perseverance, endurance. What's the opposite of faith and endurance? Slothfulness, laziness. It takes effort to believe God and keep believing God and not quit when others do. It's easier just to give up. It's a whole lot easier just to quit. When you don't see it, and things get worse, and time goes on, and you don't see it, and you don't feel it, and it doesn't look like it, it's so much easier to just go, oh, well, (laughs) whatever, and invent new doctrines. Must not be the will of God. God, in his mysterious ways, chose not to do this for us. No, 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 you just got lazy and quit. (laughs) (laughs) You think so? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he says right here. No. What's the opposite of being lazy? Diligent in your faith. Diligent in your believing and expecting. Diligent in your persevering. If it was right last year, it's still right. If God said it 10 years ago, he hadn't changed. Right? Keep reading. When God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater... He swore by himself. God couldn't find anybody. Any bigger than him. <laughs> what would that tell you? There ain't nobody. <laughs> bigger than him. He swore by himself. And he said verse 14. Surely. Blessing I will bless you. And multiplying I will multiply you. And in three days time. He was multiplied. Uh Uh-uh. No, he wasn't. In three years time. Five years. Ten years. Fifteen years. Twenty years. No. It was some 25 years. Before he began to experience. And get one child. Much less. Stars of the, the sky. Sand on the seashore. But what about the seed of Abraham now? I'm looking at them. They're all over the place. Right? They've been multiplying for generations. What do you think's going to happen when you stand in heaven on that great day and see all the seed of Abraham in mass at once? You're going to go, whoa! Like the stars in the night sky. Like the sand on the seashore. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah! But for years after God told Abraham this, it did not look like it. And he's getting older every year. She's getting older every year. Until one point, Sarah had an idea. You remember that? She said, maybe God will do it like this. Watch out for maybe. Maybe. Maybe God. Watch out helping God. Hmm? how can you tell that you helping God well because it doesn't require a miracle God you know I got this we'll just do this and we'll do that and basically you're saying let me help you out here Lord no it wasn't the plan of God Caused all kind of problems. And it still wasn't what God said. But thank God year after year passed. And now they're 99. He's 99. She's 90. But glory to God. God. Not too late. And what did it say? Keep reading. What did it say? Verse 15. After he had what? Patiently Endured. endured. You can't patiently endure for an afternoon. Takes more time than an afternoon. (laughs) That's like fasting for two hours. (laughs) A lot of folks can fast from breakfast to lunch. (laughs) It's gonna take some time to do certain things for it to actually anything be there. For any patience to be there, there's got to be some actual time involved. And after he had patiently endured, what happened? He obtained the promise. He got it. She got it. Isaac was conceived and born. The promise was fulfilled. Didn't happen overnight. Took patience and faith, but they got it. And we're operating the same way today. We got the same kind of faith. We're the seed of Abraham we got the same kind of faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Back up to that 12th verse, please. He said, be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Everybody say followers. Followers. Of Of them. Followers. You know, Paul said this, what was it, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, I think he said. Actually, put it up there for us. Let's see if it's right. What did Paul say? Be what? Followers Followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Followers. And here he said, be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Our influences are affecting us more than most realize. Usually, these influences have to be removed before people find out to the extent they were being swayed, they were being influenced. And here, what did he say? Follow in verse twelve, Hebrew six twelve. He said, "Be followers of those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promise." Why? Because whatever you follow is what you're going to find. Whatever you follow and whatever you fellowship with is what you're going to partake of. 1 Corinthians 15.33. If y'all can put that up for us. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. The word communications has to do with sharing and fellowship. And if you share and fellowship with evil, will that affect you? It'll corrupt you. It will corrupt your good manners and some say good morals. Morals. Influences are all around us. Good and evil. And it's up to us what we yield to. But it's foolish to think you can be around something for prolonged times and periods and it not affect you. It's a law that whatever you fellowship with, you partake of. And whatever you behold, you become. It's a spiritual law, be it good or evil. You believe it, saints? The proverb says, he that walks with wise men, what will happen to him? He'll be wise. But a companion of fools will be destroyed. Isn't that what it said? And so whatever you fellowship with, you're going to become like. You know, one example of fellowship, basically fellowship and communion means to share in common. And a good example of it is a bunch of people eating at the same table. If you and I and, you know, a bunch of us are eating at the same table, then what are we eating? All of us are eating at the same table, which means all of us are eating of the things that are on that table. And if there's taters and beans and cornbread, then when we get through fellowshipping, when we get through eating, when we get through sharing... All of us have taters and beans and cornbread in us. (laughs) Because we were sharing from the same bowls. From the same table. And because it was there and we fellowshiped around it. We all went away with some of that in us. Now this is a spiritual law. People try to get... Technical and legalistic about where you should go and things you should be around and be a part of. And, you know, the bottom line is to be led of the Lord. But a whole lot of places you ought not be because if you're there and you are, you're there for the whole duration of what they're doing, you can wind up fellowshipping with whatever spirits they're yielding to. You know, just like folks come in here, whether they intended to or not. You know, the next thing they know, they can be nodding their head saying amen. amen. Right? And believe in something in this Bible, right? And you know, you hang around us long enough, you'll start saying, Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hang around us long enough, you'll be a tongue talker. <laughs> you'll believe in miracles. Amen. Right? right. Amen. Because <laughs> we're sharing at the same table. You wind up with the same things in you. Now. Influences good or evil. Have impacted us. Are impacting us. To a greater degree. Than most are aware of. Go with me please. To the book of. um, Deuteronomy. 31st chapter. We studied a few weeks ago. When we talked about what happens when you get tired of waiting. And we saw what happened with the Israelites when they got tired of waiting on Moses. He went up on the mount where God was giving him the commandments. He gave him the stones that had the commandments on them that were put there by the finger of God. And uh, he wasn't gone two months, just a matter of weeks, until that whole bunch Ran off the tracks. Didn't he? He's gone just a matter of weeks. And they said. As for this Moses guy. We don't know what happened to him. And we need us a new God. And. They convinced Aaron. Aaron. Who's been right there with Moses. And seen all these miracles. And been around the glory and presence of God. They convinced him. To take all their metals and make a gold calf. And they all stood up and said, this is your God that brought you out of Egypt. And it hadn't been two months ago, it just hadn't been very long at all. They saw the fire of God come down on the mountain. They heard the voice of the Lord and some of the first things He told them. You'll have no other God before me. You don't make any graven images. And so out of all the things they could have done, these are the two things they have to do. Why? Because it was the devil. He was the one pressuring them, pushing them. It came on people's minds in that camp. You need a new God. You need a new God. When they're going to sleep, when they're getting up in the morning, a gold God. You need a gold God. You need a gold God. Why? Because it's the very thing the Lord told them not to do. Adam and Eve. What were they tempted to do? Out of all the millions of possible things they could have done. What were they tempted to do? Eat of the fruit of the tree God told them not to. Why that? Why that? It was the devil. Pushing. Pressuring influence. Have you ever felt pressure to do something that you knew you're not supposed to do? Have you? I don't have to wait for your answer. I know. I know you have. It's called temptation. And let's quit letting the devil dupe us. Let's realize when we're being pushed so much to do something, why? What's going on here? And why is it that thing? The very thing he told us not to do. Well, it's the devil. Said out loud, I am not ignorant, am not ignorant of, the of the devil's devices. I'm not easily duped. I'm not, duped. I'm not deceived by him. I'm not deceived by him. I, will be I will be strong and walk in victory. And walk in victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be it. Well, the influences round about us have been and are making a huge difference. In this regard. In this place, we saw in Exodus, you're in Deuteronomy 31, but he said in Exodus, he said, These people have turned aside quickly out of the way that I've commanded them and made them a golden calf. When did it happen? Yeah, but what was the difference? Moses wasn't there. And Aaron, you'd have thought, Aaron, Would have stood up like Moses would have. And said no way no how. But he was swayed. I don't know if it was fear. I don't know if it was insecurity. I don't know what it was. But he went along with the mob. And made this gold calf. If Moses had been there. Would they have made a gold calf? (laughs) Ain't no way. No way, as long as Moses was there and drawing breath, no gold calves are going to be made in the camps of Israel. Because when he came back, he literally made them eat it. He did. They beat that thing to powder, put it in the creek, and he made them drink. you talking about making somebody eat it? He said, oh, you want a gold calf, do you? Here you go. Drink your gold calf. I mean, he's one man. How does he come down and have that kind of influence and that kind of power? Couldn't they have overpowered him? They could have shot one arrow through him. But they didn't. Because he came in the presence of God. And the fear of God fell on them. What an influence. I said, what an influence. But he said in Deuteronomy 31... Near the end of his life, he told him to take the book of the law and put it in the side of the Ark of the Covenant, verse 26. Verse 27, he said, I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. Behold, while I'm yet alive with you this day, you've been rebellious against the Lord. How much more after my death? verse 28 he said gather me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to record against them for I know that after my death you'll utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way that I've commanded you and evil will befall you in the latter days when's it going to happen when he's no longer there to influence them they're going to go off When he's no longer there. After my death. When my influence is no longer there. Go over to Judges please. Judges the second chapter. You know the Bible said. When Christ ascended on high. He gave gifts. Unto men. Gifts. And he mentions apostles. And prophets. And evangelists. Pastors. Teachers. Gifts. These gifts are precious. I said they are precious because of many things, but because of the influence, the influence. Meditating on this message, I was thinking about influences in my life. Baptist preachers, Pentecostal preachers, others. My grandma, my grandma. Hallelujah. She's in heaven now, but she influenced. I remember as a little bitty boy, in her arms. Out by their pear tree. They had a giant pear tree. Huge. Of course when you're little everything looks huge. <laughs> and it just loaded down with pears. And I, st- I remember. I standing down there. I didn't have a shirt on. It was hot. And I'm eating pears. And I got pear juice on me from head to toe. I can remember my chest was sticky. I had to be a little <laughs> bitty guy. And my grandma. She had me in her arms. And she said, these pears are so sweet, aren't they, Keith? Keithy, I think she said. And uh, I'm going, mmm, I'm eating pears. And she said, God is sweeter than these pears. I thought, he's got to be sweet. because <laughs> These are some sweet pears. And I didn't know it then, but I felt something around her and, and my mom and when they prayed. And I felt something. What was I feeling? Presence of, Presence of God. But that's an influence that's connected to them. Yes. Right? Would it be there if they weren't there? It would not. Another time we're out in the my grandpa's barn and lot, and he had a great big Hereford bull named Tom. And he was raised from a calf, so he's like a pet. But this dude, and of course I'm little, so he looks like a dinosaur. I mean, he looks like a monster to me. Great big curly head. I remember putting my hand up against his head and it just almost disappeared in his big old broad. And he'd come and want something to eat, so he'd just come up behind you and nudge you like, of course he's so big, he'd knock you across the, the <laughs> lot. And, and I'm standing there looking at him. I thought, this is the biggest, most powerful thing. And grandma says, Tom is so big and strong. I thought he's nothing bigger than, than Tom. She said God is made Tom. He's bigger than Tom. And much stronger. I thought God's got to be something. Because Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. is... <laughs> How could you be any bigger than Tom? <laughs> but he is bigger than Tom. <laughs> Somebody say influence. influence. Judges 2. Are you there? Verse 7. It says, the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Why say that? And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. They buried him. And verse 10, all that generation were gathered to their fathers. They died And uh, there arose another generation after him Which knew not the Lord. And verse 11. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And served Balaam. When did this happen? Why didn't it happen while Joshua was alive? Because his influences. His faith. And his patience. Remember we're talking about be followers of those. Who through faith and patience. Faith is that trust that assurance in God and his word, but perseverance is that force that won't quit. That won't give up. And because he wouldn't quit, he wouldn't quit trusting God, he wouldn't quit obeying God, it influenced everybody around him. Think about it. Can you remember a time, looking back, if you'd be honest, you'd have given up, you'd have quit, but somebody around you, somebody around you influenced you you were ready to throw up your hands you were ready to just change to be changing you were ready to quit and they came in and they weren't around you a few minutes you begin to think no i'm gonna keep on That's right. i'm gonna stay hooked i'm right is that precious yeah. that influence should you follow that And if you follow that, what's going to happen? If you commune with that, if you share with that, what's going to happen? That's going to get in you. You're going to become like that. This goes on throughout this passage. It says they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord. They served Baal and Ashtoreth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against them and delivered them into the hands of the spoilers and the hands of their enemy. didn't say God destroyed them. He just didn't protect them. Why? They've left him. So now they're on their own. And the enemy's there to destroy them. And it says, uh, Nevertheless, verse 16, the Lord raised up judges which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken to the judges. They went a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves to them, turned quickly out of the way their fathers walked and obeying the commandments. And when the Lord raised up the judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies. How long? All the days of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead, what happened? They returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers, following other gods to serve them. Through this whole book, you just see that cycle over and over again. God would raise up somebody that has faith and commitment to God, and as long as they were there, Their influence affected sometimes the whole nation. But as soon as they were gone, off the tracks they ran. This is happening more, I said, than many realize. And you won't know how much people are influencing you until they're not there. Then you're going to find out what kind of relationship with God you have. And what kind of faith you have. Or if you were just caught up in their wake. Mm. (laughs) Anybody know what I mean by that? If somebody has a strong faith and a strong walk with God, like a boat or like a flow of a river current, it pulls things in from the side, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? It pulls things in from behind it. Mm -hmm. But when that's not there, then you're allowed to go wherever you decide to go. We find out what's in your heart. We see this all the time. That's why God gave us parents. Both natural and spiritual. Little ones. If left to do what they want to do. They will get into so much trouble. They will hurt themselves. They need influence. They need strong influence. And parents are foolish. We're begging children. To do what they should do. They should fall in behind your wake. And they should be under the influence, not not a mean dictator, not cruel, not hard, that's misrepresenting God, but somebody who leads by precept and example and is not swayed by what other people do, you're going to serve God, you're going to go to church, you're going to read your Bible, you're going to pray, you're going to believe God for things no matter what anybody else does. Whether they do, whether they don't. And there should be strong leadership. The man and the woman in the home doing this, leading this. But there'll come a time when that child becomes a teenager. And there'll come a time when they're no longer under your influence 24-7. And then there'll come a time when they're not at your house at all. And now we find out who they are. What they do outside your influence, you hear parents that are not talking right. They say, well, yeah, my baby got caught up with the wrong crowd. And they d- did somebody force them to do these things? No. Then it was their choice. Okay. And we're finding out what's in their heart. And at some point, it can't be mama's faith anymore. It can't be daddy's faith anymore. It's got to be their faith. And they got to make the choice. I'm going to be a part of this. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm going to yield to this. I'm not going to yield to this. I'm going to testify this. Whether they exclude me from their little club or not. Right? This is who I am. This is what I am. So can you see this process? And the same thing. Exactly the same thing happens spiritually. You have spiritual. You're supposed to have spiritual parents. A lot of people don't. But you're supposed to. And as long as you're under their influence, it's going to sway you a whole lot. But there's going to come a time. Elder, by reason of definition, indicates older. And that would indicate that they're going to haunt before you do. And if it goes the way it should, there's going to be a time when they're not in your life anymore. And you know what's supposed to happen before that happens? You are supposed to become the influence amen. in your generation. Amen. What they were to you, you're supposed to become to the current and upcoming generation. Can you say amen? amen. Somebody say glory to, glory, to glory to God. Glory to God. Look with me in, uh, let's see, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. The 22nd chapter. This is one of the clearest pictures. Of this. In 2nd Chronicles 22. Uh, verse 1 says. Ahaziah the son of Jehoram king of Judah reigned. Verse 240. And two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. He reigned one year. So he had a very short reign. In Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab. Why? Why? For his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. She was a strong influence in his life. And it was a bad one. An evil one. And if you read the rest of the story, you'll see that uh He died, and she, to take control of things, killed all of the royal seed. All the kids and the babies, she killed them, had them killed, and she took over Athaliah. But the high priest, Jehoiada, grabbed up one, one little boy, and hid him away. How many, you can see this idea over and over. Over and over again, the devil has tried to snuff out the seed of God. And it looked like he about had it again and again. And he never could quite get it. Because God ain't going to let it happen. <laughs> of course, he was trying to stop Jesus from coming. Too late for that. But anyway... When he was, the little boy was six years old, Jehoiada got the priest and got the military guys and went to the temple and proclaimed, he is the king. He just a kid, six, seven years old, but he is the royal seed. And basically it was the Lord through Jehoiada, the priest, that accomplished this. And it was too late, Athaliah tried to to hold on to it, but she couldn't, and she was killed, and, and judgment came, and the people got back to God, because that they, I mean, they you talk about evil, they were doing every kind of evil thing you shouldn't imagine, and uh, down in the 24th chapter, 24, Joash was seven years old when he began to reign, and he reigned how long? He had a good influence. Jehoiada the priest. The previous king had a bad influence. His mother's name was Zabiah of Beersheba. And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. All the what? All the days of Jehoiada the priest. Now why say it like that? Skip down to verse 15. Jehoiada waxed old. And was full of days when he died. A hundred and thirty years old was he when he died. Do you see, I mean, uh, Joshua and some of these other guys lived a long, long time. And it was a very good thing. It was the mercy of God because as soon as they were gone, that thing disintegrated. It was the mercy of God that he let them stay longer. Their influence continued. And they buried him. And... Uh, After the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah. And made obeisance to the king. And the king hearkened to them. He listened to them. And they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers. After decades of serving God. They left the house of the Lord. And served groves and idols. And Judah and Jerusalem. Wrath came for their trespass. Yet God sent prophets to them. And brought them again to the Lord. And they testified against them. But they would not give ear. And the spirit of God came upon Zechariah. The son of Jehoiada the priest. Who's Jehoiada the priest? He's the one of the ones that helped grab him. When he was a baby. And save him from wicked Athaliah. He's the main one. Responsible for him being king. And has guided him. Through decades now. Of faithful service to the Lord. This is his son. That testified and said. Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord? You cannot prosper because you've forsaken the Lord. He has forsaken you. And they conspired against him. And stoned him with stones. Verse 22. Joash the king remembered not the kindness. Which Jehoiada his father had done to him. But slew his son. And when he died. His son said the Lord look upon it and require it. As long as Jehoiada was alive. They served God. The whole nation served God for years and years. But as soon as he was gone, other people came in. They got the king's ear and they all just left God, went into idol worship. Now, I know this sounds bizarre, like how could that ever happen? It's happening all the time. I said it's happening all the time. And sometimes people think they're immune to it. Because they don't realize what a cocoon they're in. With other people's faith and vision and perseverance. Because it's easy. How many know growing up in a godly house? Where people, you got a daddy and a mama that love God, walk right, don't lie. Come on, are you listening? It's easy growing up in a house like that. Compared to one where it's not like that. But you don't realize what a cocoon you're in till you get out of there. <laughs> and you go to some, you know, what a lot of them have done, have gone to some ungodly university and begin to room with somebody that believes crazy stuff or nothing at all. And now we're going to find out what you are. I said, we're going to find out what you are. Removed from these influences. Listen to what it says about Hezekiah. Concerning this, this language is used. It said there was a point in his life, 2 Chronicles 32, I guess you're close by, 32, uh, 31. It said the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon came to inquire of the wonder that was done in the land. And what the wonder was is he was healed. The king was healed. He was at death's door and his testimony of healing made it over to other countries. And they came. But when they came, notice what it says. God left him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. What does that mean? We know God will never leave us or forsake us. So he didn't leave us in the sense of not being there at all but what does it mean obviously there were influences that had been over him that are not and he's left to himself to do whatever he would do this is how it's been since Adam and Eve and this is what's going on in the earth right now what do people do when they can do anything they want to this is what's happening in the earth right now. What will you do when nobody's around you to influence and in you, what some people so-called say, make you do it? What will you do? When that person's no longer around you to go, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Let's pray about this. What do words say? When they're no longer there calling you, what will you do? Will you not pray? Pray. Not even check. Not care if it's in the word or not. Listen to the language. The Amplified says God left him to himself. To try him that he might know all that it was in his heart. God left him and others said to his own to see what he would do. And it didn't turn out good. What was in his heart was a bunch of pride. And he showed off and got him and the nation in trouble. Why would the Lord talk to us about these things today? Anybody know? Don't get too sober on me now. There's victory here. Isn't there? Why would the Lord talk to us about it to go, hmm, that's bad. Sure hope that don't happen to me. Phew. Oh, let's forget about it. I don't like thinking about things like that. Let's, let's just party. Why would he talk to us about it? There's a couple of big reasons. In order to be promoted, you got to pass tests. Anybody with me on this? No exception. Everybody, in order to go up, to go further, to be promoted, to have more grace, more opportunity, you got to pass tests. Number 1, be thankful. For your current godly influences. I said be thankful for. And get everything you can. From them. Watch them. Watch them. Listen. Learn. Because there will be a test. On this material. (laughs) And the test is in life. And again and again. There's going to be situations where. That person is no longer. In your life. Either not the same place geographically. Or they're in heaven. Or whatever the case might be. But now. What's going to happen? They're not there. To help you to be led. They're not there. To quote scripture to you. They're not there to go. No, no, no. Now hold on. That's off the wall. (laughs) That's not what the word says. That's a half of a misquoted verse. How about these three scriptures? <laughs> right? Help get you back on track. Right? Yeah, they're not there to encourage you. Don't quit. Be strong. Stand. They're not there. What now? Well, you got the same one inside you. Is that right? You got the same Holy Spirit inside you. Come on, say that out loud. I have the same Holy Spirit. In me. In me. You got the same kind of faith. It's a measure of the same God kind of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. Am I quoting scripture? We having the same spirit as who? As Moses. As Abraham. Is that right? As Elijah. As David. We as Jesus we have the same spirit of faith. What's supposed to happen? There can come a time when those influences are no longer in your life. What should that make you think right now? Get all you can get That's now right. while you can yes. Yes. What happens so many times is people take things for granted. It's easy to do. You're around situations and people a lot. It's easy to People even get to the place where they think these folk owe them something. Yeah. They owe them their time and their input. And that's you're in danger of losing things that's right. when you get that unthankful. Yeah. Treasure it. Value it. Mm-hmm. Phyllis and I had 20 years with Brother Kenneth Hagen and Miss Aretha Hagen. Mm-hmm. And I knew at the time it was precious, but I didn't know. As I grow and I look back, I realize, wow, wow, how blessed. I I was meditating on this some years back and I realized there are a lot of people on the planet, not two or three, not a couple of hundred. There are a lot of people on this planet have never heard one good faith message or one good healing message. Not even one good message on prosperity and abundance. Not even one on how to be led by the Spirit. Not a one. Not a one. And I thought, Lord, I've heard thousands. And some of the best on the planet. Why me? How come I've heard so much? And others haven't heard anything. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard a voice, but he spoke to my heart. He said, son, I knew You would value it. Wow. Do you value it? He said I knew you would value it. And I do. I knew you'd value it. Do you value it? Through whatever. Influences that are coming. Somebody say "Glory glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go with me over to the New Testament. Thanks be unto God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He said follow them. Their faith and their patience. And whatever you follow, that's what you're going to find. In uh, Galatians 4.18, just put it up on the screen for us. Actually, let's do it like this. Go to Philippians 1 and then we'll back up to Galatians. Philippians 1.27 The Spirit of God through Paul said this to them, Let your conversation, your lifestyle, be as becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, whether what? Whether I'm there or whether I'm not. Should not change one thing. You believe God, you're steadfast right Yes, sir. make up your mind right now you are not going to be unstable as water no. that if somebody's not there to hold your hand and help you pray you just backslide right if somebody's not there to tell you five times get up and go to church get up better get up better get up if somebody's not there to tell you read your bible did you read your bible There needs to come a time when nobody needs to tell you, right? right? That if that influence is not there, you're still going to keep on doing the same thing because it's right because you got faith of your own. Come on now. You know God for yourself. You have convictions and morals of your own from the word of God. It's not just based on what somebody else thinks and is doing what's supposed to happen is in the process of time, you become the influence. You become the example in your generation. In Galatians 4, notice this. Verse 17, I'm going to read in the NIV. He had said that evil communications corrupt good manners. We need to watch out for the enemy's tactics to sway us away from The Word, God, and those that he joined us to. One of the enemy's tactics is to sever you from the God influences in your life. It's like breaking off a sheep from the flock. It's like breaking off a gazelle from the herd. What happens to the lone ranger gazelle? (laughs) And the enemy's always trying to do this to us. And I don't care who you are, I don't care how great people are, the enemy's always going to try to do this. And if you're dumb, you'll let it happen. And you'll get offended over every little thing. And you'll break ties. And you may think you're spiting them, but you just became the Lone Ranger Gazelle. (laughs) And there's wolves out there. I said there's wolves out there, but they're not dressed like wolves. They're not. They're very deceptive. And he, Paul was talking about this. Did Paul have these issues? He had people who claimed to be apostles. Who did everything they could to pull people away from him. He writes about it in numerous of the epistles. False apostles, he called them. And it describes some of this right here. He said, these people are zealous to win you over. When somebody starts courting you and flattering you, have some sense. <laughs> Ask yourself, why? why? Why are they all at once so interested in me? Why? He said what they want, he said it's for no good. What they want is to what? Alien. Alienate you from us. Amen. Why? Why? So that you can be zealous for them. They want you to use you for something. 18. It's fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I'm with you. He says this numerous times not just when I'm with you. You ought to be the same, whether I'm with you, whether I'm not with you. How many believe that's right? How many think your kids ought to be the same for God? Whether they're with you, whether they're not with you. Yes, they should. And you know, some people have thought, well, my main job is to protect my children from any evil influences. You can't do that forever. That's not your main job your main job is to set the example in front of them and to get into them enough so that they make the right decision when the influence comes, because it's coming. I said it's coming. And the sooner they're able, you need to wean them off of you onto the Holy Ghost as soon as you can so that they have faith of their own and commitment to God of their own. He said it's fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good to be so not just when i'm with you but keep going he said my dear children for whom i'm again in pains of childbirth until christ is formed in you keep going he said he wished he could change he's concerned he said i led you to the lord we were doing good how'd you get off who misled you See, he's gone. He's not there in person. He's gone from just a little while. And now these flashy super apostles show up. And Paul's old fogey. Mm -hmm. Don't that sound so familiar? Teenagers. Mom and dad's old fogey. Huh? They don't know. Mm -hmm. They're not with it. It's some of the same junk. And the serpent's telling Eve at the tree. Oh, God, yeah, he said it, but you know, not really. You're not going to really die. Same kind of lies and junk. Respect who God hooked you up with. It's bigger than them. It's beyond them. There's a supply of the Spirit from the head of the church. To you, through these members, through these joints, they are precious to you and me beyond gold and silver, beyond calculation. Are they? need to make up your mind, nobody, nothing is going to come and shuffle and lie and razzle-dazzle me. Come on, are you listening? And fool me into mocking them and disrespecting them and running after some yahoo I don't know anything about. Go to Acts 20. Well, actually, for time's sake, you just go to John 8. I'll read this to you. We'll close with this. You go to John 8, please. What Paul had said in Acts 20 and verse 29. How many believe Paul was a good influence? See, we talked about, did anybody try to build gold calves while Moses was there? (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> uh-uh. But when it was just Aaron in charge not only did they try they succeeded. Because Aaron was riding Moses' coattail. Wasn't he? His faith and commitment to God wasn't as strong as he thought it was because when Moses wasn't there he did. He failed. And uh Paul, strong influence. You know, a lot of folks, when the leader is right and the leader is good and strong, they won't even try some things because they know it'll never get started. They won't allow it. So a lot of things, not only do they never develop into something, they never even start. Just by right of the fact that people know, you know, I mean, when I was growing up a kid, I I know there's certain things I didn't try to do at home. (laughs) There's certain things I didn't even ask my parents, right? Right? And some of my kids, uh, my play kids would come and say, you know, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And and I said, I can't. And and they said, well, ask your mom, ask your dad. And I thought, there's no need. (laughs) No need in asking because I already know the answer. There's no way they're going to let me go there or do this or be a part of that. And so it never got started because I just knew who, what they were going to say, what they were going to do. And the same thing is should be true about you, right? And Paul said this, he said, I know after my departing, when's it going to happen? After I leave, grievous wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Well, why aren't they there now? Why aren't they there now? Do you think all those churches, the church at Corinth, the churches in Galatia, the church of Ephesus, the church of Philippi, do you think they had any idea how blessed they were and what kind of junk wasn't happening? Because of who Paul was and their leader? They had no idea, did they? How protected and how blessed they were because of what God was doing for them through this gift to them. Verse 30. What's going to happen after his departure? Also, of your own selves shall men arise. Who? Of you. The preachers, he's talking to his preachers. He's talking to his pastors and his evangelists and his teachers. He said, some of you, after I'm gone, are going to rise up and and talk perverse things and draw away disciples after you. Isn't that what he's talking about in Galatians? What will they do? They try to get you unhooked from, from those God hooked you to. Why? So you can support them. So you can do something for them. Whatever you follow is what you find. What if you're following some self indulgent, deceiving individual? Huh? With glory in their eyes, dollar signs in their eyes. That's what you are gonna find. Whatever's in them is gonna get in you. Don't think you can fellowship with them night and day, that not happen. You might like to think, well, it won't affect me. You cannot be with them all the time and that not affect you. But look in John eight, twelve in closing. John 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to them again. He said, I am the what? Light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. Why? Why would you never be in the dark? Because you're with the light. And when the light gets there, no matter how dark it was, when the light shows up, it's not dark anymore. And you're never in the dark because you're walking with the light. Whoo. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. But what shall he have? He will have the light of life. Why? He's following light. What's he going to have? Light. You follow those that have faith and patience. What are you going to have? Faith. faith and patience. You follow those that love God and have committed to him and are not broken and influenced by the world. You're going to become What you're following. You're going to become a strong influence for God. And even if and when they're no longer in your life. You're not going to fold. You're not going to crumble. You got your own faith. You know God for yourself. Know how to pray for yourself. Know how to believe God and not quit for yourself. And you become that gift of God influence in the people all around you. In your generation. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. I want you to pray a prayer with me. Pray it out loud. Father God, God. I I thank you for the influences. Of you, you. from you, you. precious Precious. gifts from you you. in my life, from my my birth birth, until now, now. I thank you you for everything you've given me, everything everything that's become a part of me through through them. Forgive me. At any time that I've not shown respect, not appreciated it, taken it for granted, forgive me of ignorance and of lack of respect. And I purpose with your help to get everything I'm supposed to get through every gift you've put in my life. And I confess that if in time to come some of those influences are no longer there I will not fold. I will not fall by the wayside. I will not quit. I will trust you for myself. I will follow you for myself. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Use me, Use me to be an influence for God, yes. an influence for good yes. in, my in my generation and in the generation to come. Yes. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge.